Welcome everyone to the Talk is Cheap, the Fight Against Mediocrity podcast. I'm so, so, so excited for today's guest. Uh, Casey Ba is an active investor, operator, board member, and advisor. Uh, during his 13-year tenure at Vivint, Casey helped grow the revenue from $30 million to over $1 billion and helped lead a control investment by Blackstone and taking pu- Vivint public. He is now a co-founder of multiple companies, some of which have provided affordable housing to over 50,000 people while deploying over a billion dollars across 19 states and mobile home communities. He has also been involved in growing franchise restaurants and is an early investor and advisor for companies like Divi, Breeze Airways, and Gab. Casey enjoys teaching entrepreneurship as an adjunct professor at BYU and is regularly sought after by young professionals and students for mentorship like ourselves here on this podcast. Welcome, Casey. Hey, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here, Kev. Okay. Thank you so much. We'll hop right into it, man. Um, first off, how did you decide upon a career? Um, it, you know, I, I wish I could say there was anything deliberate. Um, you know, I, I, I grew up in Logan. I grew up in Cache Valley and, you know, went on a church mission, came back from my church mission and, and went down to Utah County to UVU to go try to play baseball. I played baseball in high school and a year after college and tried to pursue that. And, you know, ultimately baseball didn't work out down there, but I just, I I never left. And, you know, so the, you know, like so many other things in life, I just kind of fell into it. You know, I, I was a broke college kid that needed to pay for school and, you know, so I had some buddies that were selling and, you know, there was an opportunity to go make money doing door to door and it got me excited. And, it, you know, I didn't have any marketable skills at the time. And so it kind of seemed like a, a vehicle to go get me ahead, which ultimately turned into kind of one of the greatest blessings that I've ever experienced. But, you know, and that, that kind of led from one thing to another. And so, you know, I, I wish I could say, hey, you know, I had some plan, but ultimately it, it was kind of motivated by desperation. It was motivated you know, to pay for school. It was motivated to, you know, I was dating my wife and wanted to get married. And so I just had to like grow. I had to step up. So no, no, no real plan other than just, you know, necessity breeds, you know, drive and hunger and the, the, the will to go figure something out. I mean, you ended up at an amazing company, Vivint, and helping them grow so much. I do remember, I've been following you on Instagram for a while, and I remember at one point you posted your mission statement that you had had. And so, although you're, you're saying like it wasn't deliberate, like it was just kind of out of desperation, um, tell us about the mindset and the goals that you had as a young man. So, so I got to go back. So I've, I've, I've always, yeah. you know, if, the, if there's anything that I have been, it's been deliberate. So, you know, I, I, one of my kids, my kids named Covey, a little girl, you know, and, and it was motivated by a guy named Stephen Covey, who, you know, real famous thought leader and author wrote the seven habits. And I got into his literature, you know, really deep when I was young, when I was 18, 19, 20, 21. And it just motivated me so much kind of this idea that, you know, if I change, my world will change. And kind of this faith and belief that I can go and improve my station, kind of that American dream. And, and so, you know, I had this mission, pre- this mission statement that I wrote when I was young and, you know, 
got into a system of planning when I was young. And so when, when I'm saying, hey, I didn't know the business plan, I knew the outcome, which was I wanted to be financially independent. I wanted to be educated. I wanted to have kind of a, a beautiful family and wanted to be a good dad and a good husband and wanted to, you know, live an adventurous life and kind of all these categories that, you know, you look at and say, hey, what does the end look like? And it's like, hey, you know, when I'm down the road, this is where I want to be. And so, you know, I, I think that matters a lot. I think having a clear vision of who you are and what you want to become dictates it's kind of the compass that leads you on the journey you know the and so you know if I'm referencing back I'm saying I didn't have a map I didn't know the map but I definitely had a compass I definitely had a direction yeah no for sure like the how isn't so so important but where I was going it was going to happen I just maybe didn't know how it was going to happen yeah for Um, sure do you I mean I I think everyone you know if they follow you on social media if you don't go follow them but um, you know, you look at the way you live now, obviously years and years of hard work, but you have, you know, financial freedom and time freedom. You can, you know, you know, it looks like at least you kind of do what you want when you want with who you want and how you want. Um, would you say that's how you got there is being very deliberate early on with, Hey, this is where I'm going. Yeah. I mean, it's just like one, you know, you take Warren Buffett and when he's talking about kind of his keys to success, one of the first thing he says was, I was born in the right gene pool. I was born, you know, in the United States at a time where, you know, if I went and worked hard that I could go get ahead. And I think, you know, I, I feel the exact same way. I was born in the U.S. I was born in the 80s and 90s and 2000s when technology was just exploding I mean, the, the access to credit and the access to, you know, technology and tools and resources and podcasts and the internet and all that stuff. I mean, anybody who's not successful right now is irresponsible. There's so many more resources today than ever before in the history of the world. And so most of it's just lack of drive or, you know, um, lack of determination. But, but, you know, you're either going to get results by design or by default. And, and I think most people in life, they get them by default. You just get what you get. It's not bad people. It's just if you don't have a plan, you're going to get that, you know, whatever comes from that day and you're going to be reactionary. And you just have to fight so hard to make sure that you're honoring that Pareto principle, that you're honoring that, you know, rule or that law that says 20% of your activities are going to give you 80% of your results. And you just need to make sure that those activities are in your calendar. And that over time compounded equals like a really successful life. It equals, you know, a healthy body. It equals an educated mind. It equals good relationships with friends and family and, you know, a healthy marriage and, you know, a, a, a healthy bank account. Um, if you're consistent with putting your first things first. And so I'd say, yes, a hundred percent where I'm at today is a direct correlation with having a plan 15 or 20 years ago, and then trying to be consistent with the plan and then just working my guts out. Yeah. And what, for you, what are those 20% items that are like, Hey, these are my non-negotiables that I do every day. I think every category has them, you know, for, for me, when I'm planning, you know, I've got the roles, you know, or the hats that I wear, or I choose to wear, you know, and the, there's not too many, there, there's five, six, seven things that matter in life. You know, it's, you know, your physical health, it's your 
relationships with other people. It's your relationship with God. You know, it's your um, professional growth and your career. Um, you know, financial freedom for me falls in that category. Um, your time is kind of the common commodity that everybody shares. But if you're trading your time for money, if you have to, you know, trade your time for money, you're just never going to get ahead. That's a loser's proposition. But that's what most of us, you know, in life, that's the trade that we're making. We're trading our time for money. And so if you can actually kind of take those categories or take those roles and then you go ask the question, you know, what are my biggest opportunities? You'll be able to identify, hey, as a dad, what are the two most important things I could do this week as a dad or this year as a dad? And you'll be able to answer them. All of us know the answers. Um, it's just asking the questions, you know, as a professional, what are the two things that I could do in my business that would make the biggest impact as a husband? You know, what are the two or three things as an investor? What are the two or three things? And if you're just constantly asking that question and answering it and then implementing it, you're, you're, you're going to be applying the Pareto principle in your life. And, you know, so I, I try to be consistent with those things. I mean, the cool thing is, is you're living that like everything you're saying is straight out of Stephen Covey that you read as a young man impacted you enough to say, I'm going to live my life based off of this. These aren't just cool words on a paper. Like I'm changing my life. I see, you know, all the people you teach the weekly planning to posting it um, and you being able to change people's lives. So. No, I, I, I appreciate all of us have mental models or all of us have philosophies, whether we, you know, recognize them or not and they're you know like a set of glasses or a, a way that we see the world and the problem is you know most of that software was written when we were really young and so we have these self-limiting beliefs and we have kind of this view of the world that doesn't serve us well one it's not accurate and then two it doesn't serve us well you know and my, my personal belief is you know that we're you know, sons and daughters of God that were born from greatness, that we have the potential to be great. Um, but if that's really the case, you better like align your software to match that. You know, if, if we, would, we have this negative self-talk and we're beating ourselves up and we, you know, and then you go out and you try to operate in the world, it's like having a software that's screwed up and then expecting it to go give you results. It's just, and so, so much of the, success or failure in life is the inner game it's spending that time rewriting your story both of how you see yourself and also you know what success looks like in the world and that's where you know those books and these thought leaders and just kind of being a student of excellence being a student of greatness and that that's why i say you know if you're living in 2022 and you're not successful you're irresponsible because Every single one of us on our smartphone, we have access to the entire library of the world. And every single one of us, we have access to YouTube that has some of the most inspiring stuff and the most garbage, you know, and that that's the problem is, you know, what's wrong is always available, but so is what's right. And, you know, you have to be very thoughtful and, you know, choose what you're going to consume and what you're going to let into your brain. You're, 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 you know, my belief, and this is a Jim Rohn kind of thought is that your mind is a garden and it can grow just amazing produce and crops but if you don't tend it and you don't you know 
cultivate it, it it's going to get overrun by weeds really, really quickly. And think of a garden that hasn't had any love or any, you know, care for a summer and it's just completely overridden by weeds. And, and so you just, you got to be very, very careful on what you let into your mind, you know, in a world where we just consume just garbage all day long. Yeah. Or, yeah, no, it's, it's, I love what you said. You know, if you're not successful in 2022, it's your own fault. We really do have everything at our fingertips. What are some of the, you know, this, these are questions that I didn't plan on asking you, but um, I totally agree. I think we are fed false beliefs from our parents, not because they want to, but just because oftentimes they don't know. And from others around us from school, what are some of the, the false beliefs you see most rampant in the world today? Um, I mean, we, we go on and on and on. You, you take any category of your life yeah, and there's going to be misinformation whether it's deliberate or whether it's not, you know, for you think about paradigms over the history of, you know, before, you know, for the longest time, we thought the world was flat and it dictated behavior for a long, long, long time until we like changed that paradigm and realized it's, you know, it's not flat. And then all of a sudden you go start exploring the world and going across the ocean. You take germ theory and just how many people died in wars and women in pregnancy because people didn't wash their hands because we didn't understand like that germs actually exist and like can create infection and you know and we just do weird stuff when you don't have proper information and so for me it, you know we could go on about a million things that are incorrect and what's correct and I think you know more importantly it's just having kind of a never-ending search for truth and also just what's working and so for me, when I'm, when I'm looking to, when, when I'm looking for kind of people or sources of truth, I, I want to find someone that's doing exactly what I want to go do. And I want to emulate and model that person. You know, my, my, my dad is the greatest human and soul that exists on the world. You know, one of my big time mentors, but if I was getting brain surgery, my dad isn't the person that I would go get counsel from. I'd go try to find the best brain surgeon in the world and get my counsel from that person and get my care and treatment from that person because they're expert in that category. And so you can find people that are kind of shitty people, but they're excellent in a category that everybody has somebody to teach us. And so I think the goal is, you know, identifying, hey, what life do I want to go live? And who's living it the best? And I'm going to go learn from that people. And, you know, people ask me all the time, hey, who are your mentors? And I do have some like exceptional mentors in my life that have just been gifts in my life. But a lot of my biggest mentors don't even know me. Um, I, you know, they're authors or, you know, leaders in the world. But I've just decided, you know what, you're my mentor and I'm going to go study everything. And I'm going to go like, try to model my beliefs in my life around kind of this content yeah no I agree with that when I was in college they kept saying like go get a mentor go get a mentor and in my mind my paradigm was well what millionaire billionaire CEO is going to want to talk to me like he doesn't have time for that and then one day it clicked like oh well you know Jim Rohn can be my mentor Warren Buffett can be my mentor Casey can be my mentor even though we'd never met before this you know what I mean so 
I really, really like that. Um, one of the things that I wanted to ask you is, you know, with how intentional you are in your life, I can only imagine with how intentional you are as a, a father. Um, you know, so I'm adopting right now. I had messaged you about this a while ago. Hopefully, uh, fingers crossed, everything's set up for this year. But what advice would you give a new parent? A new parent? Uh, it's like the greatest thing ever. Like <laughs> there's nothing, you know, when you're on your deathbed, you know, most of what you do in life isn't going to matter. But, you know, what type of husband you were, what type of dad you were, what type of neighbor, what type of son, what type of family member, you know, that's going to be the stuff that matters. And so for me, you know, family is so central to that, you know, and I want to be a good dad. You know, we have three biological kids and we've got two adopted kids. And, you know, I'm a big believer that, you know, life is happening for us, not to us that, you know, there is a God, that there is a plan. And, you know, so all of this like magic that happens, you know, with adoption and or even having kids, anybody who's had kids, the minute that that kid shows up, it's really tough to remember life before that happened. It was like, it was always meant to be. And so it's just, it's, it's magic, you know? And, you know, the thing I'd tell you with kids is you can't tell if you're being a good dad you know, or a good mom until 10 or 20 or 30 years down the road. It's who they become. And so you kind of got to trust the process. You know, you got to trust that those deposits that you're making, you know, and the modeling that you're doing is going to go pay off. And so it's, you know, it's, it's a labor of love. It truly is, but there's nothing more satisfying. There's nothing that brings you more joy, brings me more joy than being a dad. I love it more than anything in the world. I love that. Thank you so much. Um, this is a question a lot of people that listen to this podcast are going to have. What, for people that are just starting out in business, what is the most important piece of advice you give them? Um, you have to grow, you know, uh, for, for the world to change, you have to change. And also the, the, the understanding that you can change, um, that, you're, you know, that if you, that it takes 10,000 hours to be ex expert at something. So if you want to be financially independent and you spent three hours you know, studying it. And then you're frustrated that you're not smart or you don't have the tools or you don't have the network or you don't have the capital. You know, that's just naive. You know, I, I, I took up golf a couple of years ago and it's the most frustrating and humbling and like magical sport that I've ever had. And, you know, I put so much time into it and I, it's, you know, I don't see the improvement or I see very little improvement you know, and I get frustrated and then I remind myself that I, I don't have the right to be frustrated. I, you know, I started this two years ago, you know, it's going to take me 10,000 hours to be good at this. And I just got to go put in the time. I got to go put in the work. Um, and so kind of going back to the original question, it's, you know, for somebody starting out, what you have is you have time on your side and this principle of compounding, both compounding and skill set, compounding the relationships and also compounding in your wealth it's the most powerful principle that I know it's, you know, Einstein called it the eighth wonder of the world. And, you know, the, the key is to start, you know, is to start the journal journey. It's to start the journey of learning. It's to start the journey of investing. It's to start your career. It's just to jump in and then understand that it's going to take 10,000 hours to go get to where I want to go. And so you can't, you can't be great at everything. You only have so much time. And so you actually have to choose 
what you're going to be great at. And I, you know, when I go back to those categories earlier, you know, for me that the, the choice tightens when I say, I'm going to spend that time with my family. I'm going to spend that time on my personal health. I'm going to spend that time with relationships. I'm going to spend that time on my career. I'm going to spend that time, you know, building wealth. Um, I'm going to spend that time giving back, you know, ultimately money. Um, you know, people have like these triggers about money and they have kind of either, you know, these views about money, but ultimately money is money. Money's, you know, a tool of production. Money's a magnifier. If you're a crappy person, it's going to make you more crappy. If you're a greedy person, it's going to make you more greedy. If you're a, you know, abundant giving person, it's going to give you the tools and resources to be more abundant or giving. So money in itself, all it does is magnify who you are. And so if you have a big heart and you want to go make a dent on the world, having money is going to allow you to go do that. It's going to go give you a platform. Yeah, that's very much like, I'm sure you've read John Huntsman's book. That's very much so like, um, yeah, that's what I learned from him too. You know, money's just an amplifier to do what you want. If you don't give when you don't have anything, you're not going to give when you have a billion dollars. So it's very, um, very true. You know, people think the opposite. They think, Hey, I don't have anything right now, but when I make money, that's when I'll give. And the reality is it's just not true. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the time, if you want to feel abundant, give when you don't have anything to give. And it's amazing how just like, I, I don't know the law that governs the world or what it is, but when I, when I'm abundant and when I give abundantly, I just receive abundantly. It's, it's, it's worked a hundred times out of a hundred, you know, a thousand times out of a thousand. Anytime when I'm in scarcity or when I'm in a bad mood, I find someone to serve or give to, you know, I, I started this little habit a couple of years ago where I'll give a hundred dollars to people. And, um, you know, which is like a disproportionate tip in most scenarios and the magic that it's created for my life is crazy. I, I was at the, you know, I, I indulged myself the other day and went and did a mani pedi. So I went and got my nails done and my toenails done, my, my hand, you know, and I'm sitting there and I like, I, you know, my wife's always getting after me to do it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go do it. And I'm, I'm sitting there with this. Um, uh, I don't know where, what nationality she was from. She was Asian, didn't speak good English. And she, you know, I'm on my phone, not really focused. We kind of go through this thing. And I think, you know, she's a little frustrated with me because I'm not paying full attention. And I think the entire thing cost like 50 bucks. And I gave her 150 bucks. And she, she couldn't process it. And she was trying to give it back to me. I said, no, this this is a gift. Thank you for doing an amazing job. And she just started crying. And, and, you know, I walk out of, I walk out of that sit down and I'm just like that, you know, that made my day that made my week giving you know, and it, I think it helped her. It really helped me. And I just had a skip in my step, you know, like, you know, the rest of the day goes good. The rest of the week goes good. And it's like that habit of giving and giving kind of in a, above and beyond what's even expected. It's not for the people that you give. That's, you know, that's a, that's a great, you know, benefit, but it's just good for your soul. And it just like, it validates, you know, you communicate to yourself, 
this is who I am. I'm an abundant person. I'm a giving person. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That's powerful. Um, this is definitely one that I'm going to go listen to again and again and again. This is maybe a question you don't get a lot, but um, I think with everything we've talked about, it fits. What do you admire most about your spouse? Man, like everything, she she's, you know, she, she's so awesome in so many ways. She's, you know, motherhood in general, if you're raising kids, I mean, that that's, it's just the most noble profession. You know, you're, you're crafting and serving and teaching the leaders of future generations. And it's a thankless job, you know, and, and, you know, my, my wife has embraced it and just said, I'm going to go be the best mom in the world. And she, she is like, she's a boss mama. She's just getting after it all the time and running our kids like a freaking business. And they're like, you know, and, and, you know, but, but then also like she has her own passions and pursuits outside of being a mom. And, you know, she wakes up early and, you know, my, my wife, like, just like thrives on spirituality. She just eats it up. And so for her to get up and study something that like touches her soul or like connects with her, it just like, so she'll wake up early and do that, you know, and then she'll go work out and, you know, takes time aside from all that stuff to be present with me, you know, and, you know, make me feel awesome. And she's just, she's amazing on so many fronts. Like I, I think about that choice of who you marry and I can't think of a more important, important choice it, that, that decision is going to bring you, you know, your relationship and specifically your, your intimate relationship is going to bring more joy and more happiness or more pain than any other decision that you make in life. And, you know, luckily for me, you know, I, made a decision that has brought me more happiness than anything else I've ever cho chosen life. So I've got nothing but love and admiration for my wife, the highest level of respect. I feel, I feel so lucky on a daily basis to be married to her and just, you know, proud of her. So I could yeah. go on and on and on. I love that. You know, I, I was, uh, you know, I had a thought the other day when I was reading, um, you know, in the Bible, it says that, you know, God created man. And then he's like, it's not good for man to be alone. And it hit me like, man can't do it on his own. Like it wasn't meant to be man can't go through life without a woman. Like that's how important they are in our lives. So that's really cool. Um, maybe just a couple more questions. Then we'll wrap it up. Um, curious, you know, as a high achiever, like yourself, what, what goals do you have that are, that still remain undone? What, what's left on your bucket list? It's, it's kind of endless. You know, I, I, that, that's another ritual that I have in life is to be very deliberate and consistent with, you know, writing a list on it. I, I write three lists every morning. Um, so I'll wake up, I'll do a guided meditation, you know, try to get, you know, in a really positive headspace um, that includes, you know, really going deep into gratitude and then also getting clear on a couple of my goals. And then I'll write three lists every day and I'll answer the questions with 20 answers. And, and the first question that I ask is what are my biggest opportunities? And then I'll just list out 20 answers. Um, the second one is what gets me excited? 
and I'll list out 20 things that get me excited. And then the third one is who am I? And I'll list out 20 answers of who am I? And I, you know, being in a good, positive, mental, emotional state, listing kind of the person that I am, you know, and it's, I'm abundant, you know, I'm kind, I'm creative, I'm loving, I'm a strategist, I'm an athlete, I'm a sub 10 handicapped golfer, you know, and just kind of all these aspirational things. And I'm trying to just really wire that software, you know, the wiring in my head that I know who I am to my, to my core, to my soul, you know, and then also that I have kind of the stuff that gets me excited top of mind. And that list constantly cycles, you know, what I'm excited about this week when I, you know, that this is something, the table of success isn't meant to be sat on, sat at for too long. The, the reality is satisfied needs don't motivate. And once you check off that goal, it's not going to drive you anymore. And so the, you know, the secret to goal setting is that when you hit your goal, it's not over. Like it's more of who you're becoming by setting challenging, exciting stuff that drives you when the work gets hard and when you get fatigued and when you get tired, you know? And so those three questions matter a lot to me. And I think, you know, that little ritual of a half hour every morning or 45 minutes every morning does more good than any other time that I put in the day because it, you know, in your subconscious mind, when you're, that's what you're thinking when you're not thinking. And I just want to make sure that that, that I'm being driven towards the stuff that, you know, is important to me, my biggest opportunities, the stuff that gets me excited. And that when situations come up where I could be mean, or I could be kind, that I've already answered the question that I'm a kind person. So if I'm mean, that's not who I am. That was a you know mistake that I I made and I need to go apologize, you know. And if you know I'm abundant person and I get in scarcity and I get you know small minded, I can remind myself that I'm not a scarce person. I'm a I'm an extremely abundant person, and I screwed up there, but that's not who I am, and I need to go fix that. And so I think it's just really getting clear on who you are. Who I am has helped me a lot. Because you're constantly screwing it up. You're constantly making mistakes. But you need to know where home base is. How did you learn how to do those rituals? What's your process in, in learning? I just, kind of just kind of got them over time, you know. Picked them up through Tony Robbins and Jim Rohn and Steve Covey and kind of a lot of these guys that I've studied over the years. That's awesome. Well, I, you, I like can't say how much I appreciate you being on here. Um, this is infinite, you know, what, what you just taught us today is worth so much. I mean, you can't put a price tag on the things that you've taught us, especially the importance of family and relationships and, and becoming a good person. So seriously, thank you so much. Um, for those who want to follow you, how, what's the best way to, to follow you and, and learn more? I, 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 I wish I could say like, I light up, you know, my social media, but I don't, you know, that, that, that's not something that, I'm really great at, I have a, you know, Instagram tag and I've got a Facebook tag, but you know, the, it's not something I, you know, I, I'm not active on Twitter. And so, you know, what's your, your but, Instagram tag is Casey, Casey, Casey underscore G underscore ball. 
Perfect. Awesome. And then last question, what does the fight against mediocrity mean to you? You know, um, you, you think about like excellence, you know, there's a guy named Tom Peters that he's built his entire career on this idea of excellence and, you know, that very, very few achieve excellence. And the problem is, you know, mediocrity is like a step down from good, you know, good's actually really good, but the problem with good is it's not great, you know? And I think, you know, mediocrity is like a, you want to be way, way far away from just being mediocre, being average. But in reality, you want to even be far away from being good. I, I, I think there's not great parents because there's a lot of good parents and there's not great community members because there's a lot of good community members. And, and so I think it's having standards of excellence in the stuff that's important to you and then finding models you know people that are excellent when you know i think that's why we admire when we watch the olympics i remember when sean white won the gold last time and i literally started crying and i'm like why am i crying you know i'm watching a snowboarding event and i was crying because you just witnessed greatness you just witnessed best in the world you just witnessed a performance that you know and i think all of us our hearts and our souls are just drawn to excellence. And so, you know, for, for me, it's that it's like, I've got one life to live and, you know, I want it to be a beautiful life. I want it to be, you know, a life that I can be really proud of. And, you know, my mom and dad can be proud of, and my family members can be proud of, and the people who know me can be, you know, I want to make everybody proud that I did my best to go live like a really excellent, beautiful life. So that stuff matters to me. Yeah. Well, thank you so, so, so much, Casey, for being on the podcast today. It's been very uplifting. Um, for those of you that are listening, please go listen to it again. Thank you so much, Casey. Kev, thanks for having me. And I, I wish you the best of luck as you continue and I'll be following you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you.